If we ask most men, how do you feel? It's not a lack of desire. It's literally, I don't know, is a legitimate, honest answer. Because one, it's not how we're oriented. We actually have to stop and feel, which is a new experience for us. Secondly, we don't have the skill. We just don't, no one's ever taught us. Or third, we don't have the permission. Hello, Claimed listeners, beautiful women. Today, I welcome the force. Uh, I will call you the force, Trevor, because you really are. Um, Trevor Boehm is joining us back on the Claimed podcast, and I'm thank super excited to have him that. here. Thanks yeah, for coming thank on. thank you. Thank you. Tre- we keep interrupting each other. It's like, Trevor, yeah, both, we're both forces. <laughs> so we're like, let's get into it. Um, yeah, Trevor, uh, welcome. I was preparing for our interview yesterday. And I was looking at what you're doing and the 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 podcast you've been on and just the your podcast and everything that's happening around you. And I'm like, what happened in the last two years? Because mm. it is a force, you know? Mm. And when I was thinking about what to talk to you, because you know, most of my listeners are women. Most mm-hmm. of most all of my clients are women. I help mm. single successful women attract committed masculine men, the men mm. that you are working with. Mm-hmm. And so I have two questions here. Number one is what do you think um contributed to your work becoming so um, potent mm. in the last, you know, year or two. I'm, I'm really curious about their journey and what happened there. And number two, I want you to talk about to my women, to all the women listening about men's work and okay. what are men doing right now? Cause I see on your Instagram, like these videos about, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 men coming together and doing this work. And you know, the messages that I get from women, mm-hmm. where are all the men? Mm-hmm. Why are the men not doing the work when, sure. you know, there's not good enough men out there. Uh, when mm-hmm. men, when boys become men, then we'll mm-hmm. be happy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. men are doing their work. Trust me. Yeah. But I think women just don't see it. Sure. So let's start th- with these two questions. What happened uh, to, mm-hmm. to the message and why it's blowing up. Um, sure. And then the second, yeah, let's talk about what men are doing in their work. Okay. So question one, you know, this all started a couple years ago. It actually, it gained a little bit of traction, let's just say. So I was fortunate enough to be at the right time, a right place at the right time. And I think with the right message, which was a little bit edgy, which was a little bit um, aggressive, and it wasn't your standard packaged men, we just need to feel our feelings and be more sensitive and be more vulnerable and everything's going to be okay. I kind of went the other direction with it. Uh, and so men would listen. And now if we look at the last two and a half, three years, what happened? We all had to deal with COVID. And I'm a firm believer that especially with men, we need to hit a pain point or we need to, we need to rub up against something, Anna. Like it's the classic, well, how come you didn't stop drinking until your wife left? Hmm. Even though you knew for five years you were drinking too much. We need some kind of event something that pierces the veil of our ego. The pain needs to get too big that we can't, you know, out drink it, out smoke it, whatever we're doing to ignore it. Uh, it's got to be bigger than we are. And so I think over COVID, I experienced over COVID, this massive uh, mass of men saying, I'm not going to get through this or I'm getting through this, but wow, I don't have work to distract me. I don't have my commute to distract me. I'm not mm. going to bars. Uh, I'm stuck at home with my partner. I'm realizing what a, a crappy partner I am or a boyfriend or husband or whatever. And so for a lot of guys, it was a coming to consciousness. It was a, oh, wow. I now have enough time and space. There's been an interrupt. And that interrupt gave them an opportunity to take a breath and actually do some analysis and say, wow, I don't, I'm not happy. I'm not thriving. I'm not doing well. All the things that the signs were probably there for the last five years, but these guys were busy or, or they were busy or they were numb, Anna. And so, 
you know, the, I remember, I think this was like three weeks, four weeks into COVID. All right. So we're all locked down here in the US. It was me and a couple other guys did just an open men's call. Like, hey, anybody who wants to hop on Zoom and just talk about what they're going through, we're going to facilitate this call and it's free. And we had hundreds of men show up for it and literally say, I think for the first time out loud, I'm actually scared. I don't know if this is going to kill me. I don't know if this is going to kill my father. I don't know if this is going to kill my mom, my aunt, my kid. I don't know what to do. We were suddenly powerless in all the ways that we feel powerful. Mm. Like, oh, mm-hmm. my muscles aren't going to help this. My guns aren't going to help this. Like, there's nothing I can do as a, as a you know, good-hearted, red-blooded American male to get through this. <laughs> so uh, I think I'm going to come on the pot. I'm going to come on this call and be honest. And so they did that. And I remember getting off that call and talking to the guy who I facilitated with and going, wow, that I didn't expect that. I didn't. I thought we'd have a dozen people, you know, and here we have hundreds Uh, So I think that was COVID for most people was a mirror in their faces. It gave them time. It gave them space. And oh, wow, now I have to deal with my own shit. Go ahead. So to interrupt my work also, well, it has something uh, to be said about, you're right, being at the right time at the right place. Um, because my work has also kind of blown up just as COVID started because I came out there with a new webinar and my message was also edgy and all these women were sitting at home, all these successful, brilliant women sitting at home alone, realizing that my clock is ticking and I better get my shit together. And then they start Googling or signing up for webinars and stuff like that. So I want to ask you two questions here just based on Mm -hmm. what you said because it relates to my personal experience with my man. And mm-hmm. you're like the perfect person to ask this. Number one, I the fact that you mentioned you know, it has to be painful. Like you know, if it's not fixed, mm-hmm. it don't. If it's not broken, don't fix it. That's like the, sure. the masculine mantra. My sure. man is exactly the same, and I think you know this is what not pisses a lot of women off, but this is what women just don't freaking get. I'm like, mm-hmm. how can you not realize or feel that our relationship is? not going anywhere or that mm. I, I, I don't feel happy here. Like, why are you leaving things to get to this point of sometimes no return, you know? Mm-hmm. And only then you wake up and start, start to fix it. Like I actually, inter- well, we, we got on a, on a podcast interview, a vulnerable one with String and I, my husband, I'm like, we talked about our relationship because our marriage mm. was a you know, wobbly. And I was like, you're not here. I'm I'm not feeling Mm. you're not here. And he's like, (laughs) okay, I need to put this in a Trello board or a Mm. checklist that I need to remind myself. And I'm like, our marriage is not a fucking Trello board. I don't want to be a checklist. (laughs) Like, you know, and, and he was like, but it's not natural to me to think about our relationship in this way. And I just, it like, I, I think this is so beautiful to like it's 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 painful, but mm-hmm. it's beautiful to understand and realize how different we are. How our relationship is not his priority and his mission; it's mine. And this right. is where the feminine and the masculine is there. So, right. I want to hear nor, you talk nor about that. Nor should it be, right? Yeah, it would drive you insane if it was the <laughs> other way around. Yeah, he's like, hey, you know what, Anna? I have a great idea for this weekend. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to quit doing all the things in the world. And I'm just going to love you and snuggle you and tell you how great I feel. And gosh, I'm having emotions in the moment. You'd be like, that's, that's really great for an hour. And then you got to go do some shit. You got to get out of here and go do some shit. So we're, yeah. we're not designed to be that way. Uh, but to answer your question, why I understand the frustration is that we are externally oriented. So many of us or the vast majority of men are externally oriented, meaning if I'm not getting feedback from the external world that what I'm doing is out of alignment or out of order, I'm literally not going to see it. So if you, if you and your husband are, you know, obviously say if you're married, you're married, if his job's still going well, if there aren't like the roof isn't falling in, if no one's sick, if like the basics are covered, he's, he's crushing it in his idea. If we ask most men, how do you feel? It's not a lack of desire. It's literally, I don't know, is a legitimate, honest answer. 
because one, it's not how we're oriented. We actually have to stop and think and, and actually that's not the right word. Stop and feel, which is a new experience for us. Secondly, we don't have the skill. We just don't, no one's ever taught us. Or third, we don't have the permission, right? When most of us show up at work, they don't say, and this is historically, so how our fathers were raised, our grandfathers were raised throughout history, it wasn't a big coming to emotion. Okay, you guys, you're here on the factory floor. Uh, how do you all feel? Okay, <laughs> Bob's a little bit sad. So we're just going to stop production for a moment. We're all going to cuddle up around Bob. Bob, you doing okay, buddy? Yeah. And then everyone, let's give Bob a hand because he was vulnerable this morning. He showed some emotion. It's just not how it works. Or, so or let, let the tigers let the tigers wait for a moment until we right. kind of recalibrate here and talk about our feelings and then right. and then we'll go and hunt. Yeah. Right. We we need, you know, my grandfather was in the second wave of Normandy in World War II. And I always use him as an archetype of that's what was required of men at that time. You are going to go face your death. Most of you are not going to come home. All right. You're going to see shit that's going to absolutely destroy you emotionally if you feel 1% of it. So we, and we need that as a society, we need that. And so we have this disorganized, let's call it relationship with men and our feelings because we want men to feel, we want men to be vulnerable. We want men to share until we need them to kill or until we need them to die or until we need them to risk one of the two. Right here in the U.S., the uh, American Psychological Association, which is like this big medical board, let's just call it, came out with uh, an idea. This was three, four years ago that this is what, quote, toxic masculinity is, Anna. And it was like men who are stoic, men who are risk takers, wow. men who can compartmentalize their emotions. It was like that and like maybe one other idea. It was just nonsense. And then two weeks later, all of California caught fire. There's just wildfires up and down California. And what did we do? We sent tens of thousands of primarily men who we needed to be stoic, risk takers, and compartmentalized in to go fight the fires. And you know what we didn't have was we didn't have these big uh, protests in front of the fires with people holding up signs being like, hey, stoicism's bad. Risk take. This is Look at all this toxic masculinity. We need you guys to turn around. We had quite the opposite, which was thank you for your service. God bless you. You're our heroes, yada, yada. And yet what here's herein though lies the challenge. Because so we have men that we need to compartmentalize that way. But then when those guys came home, what we didn't do is give them the permission and the skill and the space to say, hey, you watched your buddy burn to death. Mm. How you doing? How you doing really? Okay, you know what? Fine. Fine's not going to be a good enough answer today. Fine and what? Oh, there's grief in there. Okay, good. Okay, we get that. We get that. Here's the time and space to be vulnerable. Here's the time and space to be emotional. Here's the time and space to take the compartmentalization and turn it off because you need to heal. Right? So we have this disorganized view. Mm. Does that answer your question? I feel like I got off on a little bit of a tangent. <clears throat> Yeah, no, it, it, it totally does. And I think that's what, as women, it's so hard for us to understand, right? It's like, but but how can you not, like, even, <laughs> so funny, because yeah, String and I were business partners as well, which is a challenge in itself. And then we have a meeting yesterday. <laughs> oh and yeah, I know, right? We have a meeting yesterday. And the whole day I was like in this content, I was in research mode and my mood went down. I didn't want to, like, I was just like in this one of those modes, like, don't even talk to me. So he comes in he's like, let's have a meeting. I have an idea. And I'm like, sure. Cause you know, we're doing business together. And he comes in and like, and I sit there like with my face, you, you know, as a man, you can immediately feel something's not right here, like something, but he's totally ignoring it. So he's like continuing on his meeting and like giving me ideas. Here's what we need to do. And we, we just, we just continue talking, not addressing the elephant in the room. And all this time I'm like thinking, are you, are you not? Like, are you serious here? Like, are you continuing this without paying zero attention to how I'm feeling? And mm -hmm. this is such a classical example of what, what you said, sure. you know, where it's like, he's in a, and, I, and so we kind of finished the meeting and I'm like, sure. 
how am I feeling right now? What can you see? Mm. And he's like, you're clearly upset. And I'm right. like, couldn't we not address this an hour mm. ago? Before? Mm -hmm. But I, you know, the thing is that I even, I have to remind myself, which is, you know, I work with women on this, right? But right. I'm like, what you said, compartmentalization. It's like, he is in a business meeting right now. Right. There's a purpose here and there's a goal. And mm -hmm. how my woman is feeling is secondary right mm -hmm. now in this moment. Doesn't mean I don't love you. Doesn't mean I don't care. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I'm going to address this later on right now. Right. I'm in right. a business meeting, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just so, and, and you know, I don't think that frustration will go away necessarily, but it's just the understanding of this is how the masculine works. And actually what I love about your message, Trevor, why I was so excited is that like, it's obvious that you get it. You get it and the men, the men are drawn to your work. Mm -hmm. And the question that I ask a lot of the, you know, when I interview like coaches or people who do men's work or women's work, you know, and, and I also talked about how so many men sometimes today, you know, just hide behind this, we should all be feminist slogans, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you know, ap apologizing. And I know your whole thing is about not apologizing. Sure. So. My question for you, Trevor, is if this was my kind of second question, then we talk about men's work. So for my sure. man who, you know, I, I'm sure you listen to Joe Rogan as, sure. as to the podcast, right? And like, I look at you, I'm like, you're the Joe Rogan of men's work. And <laughs> so, you. you know, how do we get, because I think this is what all women are wondering who are in relationships with great men, but they're feeling that our men, and I include my husband in here, and I'm open about this. I'm feeling that my man finds it like when I mention, I actually sent him your podcast this morning. I'm like, this is, you really like mm. this, but that's all I said. Mm -hmm. uh, how do we get, because I see all these men coming to your retreats and workshops and everything. And it's so freaking awesome. And, you know, men who are like, you know, buff men. And mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I realized recently, String and I were talking about, he needs some help in some productivity stuff and reorganizing their life. And we went and looked at some sales pages for like coaching for men. And I found this page and I'm like, oh my God, this is the ultimate masculine sales page because it says everything about pain and suffering and why it's mm. important for you, why you need to do it. But the ultimate call to action for masculine men is book a call with a Navy SEAL. <laughs> and that's it, right? It's like book a call with a Navy SEAL is what's yeah. going to make him click. And, and yeah. Stu's like, yeah. I want to go, I like, I want to talk to, like, his ultimate dream is to talk to a Navy SEAL, be a Navy SEAL, because sure, sure. all he's interested in is, like, he's reading books about, you know, like, drugs in Colombia, or, mm. like, you know, um, agents and stuff like that. It's mm. just so fascinating watching him in his maleness and, and be so attractive to that. But then how do we take a man like that? And, you know, my man is not some embodiment coach or what mm -hmm. he's a regular guy you know like sure. an average regular guy who is not apologizing for his masculinity but he's also like looking at all these men's groups and spirituality and all this work like that's not for me i'm not going to sit there and be a mm -hmm. pussy around other men share my feelings mm -hmm. stuff so how do we get men and especially from a woman's perspective do i the ideal scenario would be to just let him be, let him find his mm -hmm. way into it. Or do I send him a podcast, you know, and in what mm -hmm. way, like what would be your recommendation for, for women, how to, how to do it? It's a great question. Anna, and it's a nuanced question. I'll speak in generalities, even though it's most likely an individual decision with each individual man. And the question I would throw back to just the frame, let's say, to have women consider is how would your man get you to do something you don't want to do? How would you want to be approached in that way? Right. And I know people are just like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I bet this is going to benefit him. If he came and said to you, Hey, I really want you to do this thing. It'll be good for you. How would that feel in your body? How would you take that? So we, one, have to recognize that we're asking someone perhaps to go against their nature. So if your husband were to come home today and say, Anna, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, 
It is totally the thing for you. There's going to be sweaty dudes choking the shit out of you for 90 minutes, four days a week. But trust me, it's the thing. <laughs> Part of you would be like, um, I'm, I'm projecting. No, uh, yeah, probably exactly. not for I'd be you. Like, no. Right? Yeah. So if we look at the equivalent, like that asking a guy to get in touch with his feelings, get in, share his emotions, be vulnerable in that state is very similar to asking. And I know some women do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so don't email me that. Uh, getting someone to do something outside of their nature and something that they have been heavily programmed with shame, even the fact that your husband's going to say, I won't do it, that will make me a pussy, which is a shaming term. It will make me less than a man. It will belittle me. It will emasculate me. It will, make, it will turn me into, if we go all the way down the wormhole of shame, this will turn me societally, culturally, in your eyes, into a boy, and nobody wants to fuck a boy, right? So I'm using strong language here because that is literally what's going on inside of most men when you say, hey, check out this podcast. Here's a guy talking about his emotions. You're literally asking him to walk against his nature or what he's mm. been programmed is his nature. Now, here's where the nuance comes in. That man who shares his emotions, that man who gets in touch with emotionality, with feelings, with vulnerability, his life will be radically better. I guarantee you. So it's this very, very nuanced way of mm. introducing someone to an idea that they may not be into. How do we normally do that? Very slowly, very gently, without pushing. And for most men, Anna, if they know what the benefit is and they know that the benefit, how it will benefit you as well, they'll be more interested in doing it, right? So if my partner sits down with me and says, gosh, you've been really closed off for the last month. You've been working 18 hour days. When I walk in the room, I can't feel you. I know you can't feel me. Like here's a podcast, listen to it and start feeling again. It's not going to work. So she sits down with me and says, I miss you. I really miss you. And I miss feeling you. And I miss how good it feels in my body when I feel you feeling me. And I miss that. And so I'd love it if we could just spend 10 minutes tonight listening to something that I found earlier. And I'm not pushing you. I'm not saying anything's wrong with you. I just missed this. That would be a very different conversation, wouldn't it? And then if it does happen, when it does happen, to actually have that person celebrated, because again, he's going against 50,000 repetitions of sharing an emotion and getting punched, sharing an emotion and getting pushed into the dirt, sharing an emotion and being called a pussy, sharing an emotion and being told by every man in the room, look at him, look at the little girl crying in the corner, all of the shaming, all of the putting down, all of the abuse that we'd now call it. He needs repetitions on the other side, which is, oh, wow, that was so wonderful. Fuck, that felt good. Thank you. Hmm. I feel yeah, like so I can trust you more. I feel like I'm closer to you. I feel like I may just want to have sex with you right now. <laughs> That's what we did, actually. Um, I was like, what, what, what happened? I can't even remember. I'm like, hey, let's do a challenge every day for 10 minutes before bed. Let's just like watch something mm. about sexuality and, you know, when you mention sex, he's like totally on it. He's like, yes, I will do anything mm -hmm. for 10 minutes every day if this leads to mm -hmm. sex. And so I'm like, mm -hmm. mm, let's, let's do it. He was, since the day I met him, he was always joking about eye gazing. Let's do some eye gazing, mm -hmm. you know, when I mm -hmm. talked about soft things and stuff. And guess what? I was like, hey, I, I bought this program and there's like an eye gazing meditation. Are you open mm. to that? He's like, sure. If this leads to sex, parentheses, mm. I'll do anything. Mm. So we just sit there and we listen to this thing. And for the first time, we've been together for six years. So the first time we literally stared at each other for like 10 minutes. Wow. And yeah, and it was it was quite profound. And he actually told, told of course, this led to amazing sex after that. That's like no sure. question. But um, he actually told me the day after that, he never looks into my eyes mm -hmm. and he felt a different level of connection. Mm -hmm. And I love what you're saying about repetition because yeah, you're right. And as, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, I've been that woman who 
hey, you're not present, I'm not feeling you, you know, mm -hmm. some women and even my thought process when I'm out of here, if you want to mm -hmm. be just co-parents, we can be, we're business, like whatever, I want mm -hmm. better, I, good enough is not good enough anymore, you know, that right, whole right, right. Uh, narrative of, of right. how a woman approaches a man, but I think yeah. what you're saying is so important that if we understand what's actually going on inside him, that when mm -hmm. I ask him to talk about feelings, he goes deep down that rabbit hole mm -hmm. into, into shame because for thousands yeah. of years he's been programmed not to feel because right. it was not accepted or whatever, whatever. So what is the solution here then, Trevor, in and, terms and of, I, yeah. Can I, can I jump in real quick? Since we touched on, I wanted to touch on sex mm -hmm. because we're using it kind of flippantly, but not. And I want to just make sure that we also share, because we want to go against the idea that guys just want sex. Most men I work with are, are using sex as one of the very few vehicles they have mm. for safe intimacy, celebration, full expression, their minds being actually shut off for the 30, 40 minutes of it where they're not thinking about the 10,000 things they have to think about all day long to be productive, to be in a mission, to be on purpose, to be, is everybody okay? Are the kids fed? Is the roof, what's the mortgage? What about the insurance? Yada, yada. So I would love just to put that caveat in there and kind of remove some of the stigma of guys just want sex. And so really let's, let's, let's use that opportunity to talk about what they're getting as the quote reward in this situation is really validation, celebration, and a number of other things other than just rubbing their genitals on you. So I just want to drop that in and then please continue yeah, with your... Yeah, thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you, because this was important. Because I was like, of course, if it leads to sex, uh, you know, sure. men just want sex. It was my fault there. But what, what you're saying is totally right. And I actually have this quote that I share with all of my women in my program that says, men get intimacy through sex mm -hmm. and women get sex through intimacy. Through intimacy, yeah. Right? And, and you're totally right. This is the only time when men get to express and to feel, you know, because right. sex is great when both of us appear and present and not just like, of course, there's that type of sex, but sure. you know, you, you know, when your man is here and, and, sure. and this is where, you know, orgasm happens multiple, mul multifold, right? So sure, yeah, thanks sure. for, um, thanks for stopping there and, sure, and talking sure, sure. about that. So sure. yeah, my question was, I didn't even ask you who you are and what you do, Trevor, but we're like, we're almost, you know, well, actually, okay, let's, let's pause here. And I'm like, let's okay. Stop talking let's... about sex. <laughs> right. Hey, girlfriend, before we continue with this episode, I wanted to jump in real quick and share an important message for you. There's a lot of advice out there about dating and relationships, books, experts, and gurus, and even your granny has a surefire way to succeed in love. And most of it is complete BS. Well, maybe not so much granny's advice. As you may or may not know, I run a transformational 10-week group coaching program called Claim, just like the podcast, that has helped hundreds of women around the world completely change their dating reality with men, where they go from being frustrated and burnt out to actually enjoying dating and starting to attract some amazing men, men who stand strong in their masculinity, who are confident, who court and pursue you and plan and organize and pay for dates, but who are also emotionally available and are ready and willing and again, available for a relationship with you. And I've developed this program with one thing in mind, that you already have everything you need to attract the man in the relationship of your dreams. You don't need to change who you are. You are not broken. You just need to make a few key shifts and they all start from the inside. If you're ready to feel that kind of excitement, ease and joy in dating and relationships that so many of my clients have experienced and me myself, as you know, I have attracted my masculine men and now have a family with him. I have an invitation for you. Work with me and my team to get on the fast track so you can start seeing big changes in your life ASAP. Go to claim.com slash apply to sign up for your free no catch discovery call or short interview with a member of my team. This will be your chance to experience our approach firsthand and to ask any personal questions you might have about the program and whether this is a good fit for you. It's also going to be our chance to see if we would be a good fit for you because we're not in this and I'm not in this for a quick buck and we don't work just with anyone. 
We're committed to your success and we want to make sure we can help you to achieve it. The good news is that dating and relationships doesn't have to be this hard. So if you don't want to wait around any longer wondering where are all the good men, if you need an urgent change and are open to receiving personalized help and guidance and want to invest in yourself, then apply for this no catch. There's nothing that you need to give us. It's just a free discovery call for you. So you can see whether this is a good fit for you and so they can work on this together. So go to claimed.com slash apply. This will take you to a calendar where you can book your call, answer some short questions, and then we shall see you on the other side. All right, now back to the episode. So tell us uh, who you are and, and what you do. And actually, what's the sure. scope of your work? Because I went to your website and it's like, that's why I'm like, he's a force. Like there's mm-hmm. stuff happening around yeah. and you've got facilitators and retreats and, and this and that. And yes, yeah, so, so tell us what you do and, and what's actually the scope of your work. Sure. I still hold this frame, Anna, that I'm a writer. And oh, wow. I wrote a men's book four years ago, three years ago, actually. It doesn't even, it's not even its third birthday. And that book sparked a revolution in the paradigm shift of masculinity. It gave men a third option when there really were only two. And the two options were quite dysfunctional and they were binary. And a lot of men didn't want to be able, didn't want to just have two. So I created this movement called The Uncivilized. The book is called Man Uncivilized. And from that movement came anything and everything that you can consider of what does a man need in this world? So we have a very robust international membership where men can find brotherhood, where men can come together and find a safe space, judgment-free space to simply be who they are, to be both celebrated of like, man, I just got a $100 million deal and I don't know who else to tell about this because the other guys in my life will, will get intimidated or you know try to tear me down. Or my wife just left or my kid's sick or I'm, I have a dying parent or life is hard and I need somewhere to come and actually finally admit the truth and be real and get support. So I have this membership, but we also have a coaching core of guys like, hey, you want to go take this a little bit further, work with our coaches. Uh, I have workshops where we get guys into these very intensive, we call them initiations because Men need to be initiated from boyhood to manhood. There used to be a very particular specific set of events that transitioned that man emotionally, spiritually from boyhood to manhood. Uh, This is all, you know, I can tell you the things that we have in the works right now is also a teen program. We're getting these young men who don't have strong masculine figures in their lives you know, we, we, don't, we don't have to dive into it right now, but we just had a horrible mass shooting, another one, here in the U.S. where a young man, 18, went into an elementary school and killed 18 children or 16 children. So I want to get guys that age before they turn 30 or, or whatever and have challenges. So we have a teen program. We have a program called the Uncivilized Mind where we're actually pairing men with men's therapists. And calling it something different because a lot of men get intimidated by the word therapy because it's shameful to need any kind of help or that it means you're weak or whatever it is that society has said. Um, we have, uh, we're actually just now, this is so new, I, I probably shouldn't talk about it, but I will, a men's recovery unit where guys who are getting sober or are sober And a lot of men who have addiction issues actually, and I'm not going to say they don't need addiction work. They need men's work. They need to be around other men. The things that they go through, the challenges that they have as men, the wounds that they've received, the trauma that they carry uh, is male. And so we have that coming out. It's, It's basically, you know, I've got a fitness program coming out. We've got, you name it, Anna. I want to have a guy in whatever way he's struggling, find my brand, find me, find the potency of my words and my writing and go, no one's ever said this to me like this before. Okay. I have one of whatever problems. I know where to go. I know how to be helped and healed and supported and celebrated. And the, I want that for the entire scope of the male experience. Mm, wow. You are, um, you're on a mission. I mean, obviously. Yeah. But your mission 
is so grand. And yeah. thank you. I bet there is. Uh, what are some biggest challenges that you're encountering on the mission? Um, I will be quite honest. Uh, I have the weight of the world on my shoulders. I have men all day, every day, reach out and tell me things that are awful to hear that they're going through, that they're experiencing, that they're suicidal, that their mother was abused, that they were, it's, it's, just, I have a lot to carry personally by being the focal point. And I'm a guy who four years ago sat down and in eight weeks typed out a book and now have a team of 12 that I manage and I have to make sure the lights stay on and there's insurance and there's payroll and there's, you know, I'm, I'm wearing a number of different hats at the moment. Uh, but I think the biggest challenge is I'm also trying to live my life. I have a partner. I have a girlfriend. I like to do jujitsu. I like to surf. I, you know, I'm trying to find where in between moments of interviews and calls and, and creation and meetings and whatnot, like where do I get to live my life as well? And so it's, it's a lot of juggling and a lot of balance. And from time to time, I'll be quite honest, it just knocks me over. Uh, and I miss the days, you know, I pine for the days when it was just me and a typewriter or me and a computer. I'm like, God, how do I want to put this word? It was so simple the first time you talked to me. But, you know, back then the mission was the same. I want to change the way a million men view their masculinity and experience it by taking the primal and the divine and bringing them together. And I felt like a million men would be a critical mass. We get to a critical mass, boom, I can step back and step away. And it's, it's starting. I have guys with their own individual groups all over the world who are taking a monthly teaching I have and sharing it and getting it out. And they're, they're now like bringing me ideas and having their own, you know, experiences with men and learning and facilitating. It's, it's wild. I could go on for days. So to answer the, you know, the question you asked me in the beginning, where are all the men doing the work? They are everywhere. I remember, and this may have upset your audience, but I have no problem saying things that are upsetting. A female coach four years ago saying, more women are talking about the work and not doing it. More men are doing the work and not talking about it. Wow. And I went, I bet you can't say that publicly without getting a lot of shit. You can say <laughs> it here. Was, you can say it here. She, she, she said that. And on some level, I believe it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, if you take the 30 guys, you know, who were just at our last workshop, three of them have social media. 27 of them are just dudes. They're fathers, they're husbands, they're CEOs of companies, they're policemen, they're firemen. They're, they're just not actively being like, hey, guess what I did this weekend? You know, look at me on the beach sharing my deepest truths and vulnerability. No, they're just back to work. Uh, but these are, these are amazing men. So they are everywhere. Mm. Well, I'm glad that we we hear this from the first kind of how do you say that um, the horse's mouth. Yeah, because I keep talking about this to my women, and I'm like, in the work that I do with women, which is you know when I look at, I mean, I think that your mission is so grand, and it's amazing, you know, and that's why I'm like. That's a lot, Trevor. Like, how are you holding? Like, do you have a men's group for yourself? <laughs> you know, I, okay. I'm actually in two yeah. that I don't run. Oh, so good. Yeah. Like, like, and I, I started one, Anna, <clears throat> but I started it and said, I'll run this for six weeks and then I need to be a part of it. And I went to it last night and I fucking cried at it. I was like, you guys, I am, I've got some, you know, I have a sick parent and was sick myself and was in an accident a couple months ago and had an employee die and was like, I, I, I need you guys to hold me for a little while. Cause I don't get many breaths throughout the day to work on my own work with my own stuff. So yes, I am in men's groups. Yeah. Well this, so I'm going to finish what I started before and then we're going to talk about the, the solution, right. That everybody wants to hear, but you know, I keep banging on about, the world because you know you know what my message is where are all the good men right like mm. that's what women are asking and I'm like they're freaking everywhere, everywhere. you just and, and they are in the majority mm. and in every single cell of my body I be, not only I believe it I know it to be true 
And so when I work with women, we do, you know, right like week three or four after they join our program, we work on reframing beliefs about men, about relationships. So it's almost like what you're doing with guys, but it's on the opposite side. And so when women work on reframing those beliefs that, you know, men are cheaters, men are assholes, men only want sex. I can't trust men. I'm not. And then on the flip side, deep down, you know, I'm not good enough for a great mm. man. I don't deserve love. I'm not worthy. So all of this stuff that you're working with men, I kind of take sure. women through that as well. And obviously a lot of this stuff is also generational, right? Like sure. women carry so much in their bodies. And I do a lot of embodiment work. Actually, most of it is embodiment. And so it is just so beautiful, Trevor, to see when women do this reframing of beliefs. And then they actually, when they start looking for evidence where that new reality is true, that new reality shows up. You know, I have women who've been living, like this neighbor has been there for 20 freaking years. She didn't even notice him because she was in this belief system of they're not, like where are the men? There's not good enough. All men are weak. I'm successful. They're intimidated. That, Mm. That mindset and that frame. And so when she starts doing this work and like, relaxing into her body, leaning back and watching, watching polarity at play, Mm. rediscovering herself as a woman, becoming empathetic about the masculine journey. And, you know, I give Mm. them your podcast episode, all the books. I'm like, watch the work and see what's Mm. happening in a prison cell and what men have to go through. And she's like, whoa, you know, and the the whole world she's upside down and suddenly all these guys are coming to help her like change her tires or like pay for her dinners and Mm. like she's like where have i where have all these men been all my life i've been living under i'm like they're everywhere and so that's why i do the work that i do on the obviously on on a smaller scale i think but i'm like looking at you i'm like maybe i do need to like you know, blow up with them because my message is, is very polarizing as well. Mm-hmm. But then I, I, I listen to you and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be, that's, that's a lot to, to, so I really, I hear what you're saying in terms of, and you know, when we look at like the Joe Rogan, for example, you know, like you can say some stuff and people and there's so much noise and you have to be like responsible for it. I don't know if I want that, you know? Mm. Um, so I really, I want to say thank you because I really appreciate what you're doing and I can truly see that that weight of the world, not only to talk about issues that are polarizing and sensitive, but also get a lot of these emails and, and yeah, you're, what you're doing is incredible and yeah, a lot of Thank respect you. your way, Trevor. Thank so you. let's talk about the solution. And actually, mm-hmm. before we talk about the solution of what you see, because, you know, we don't want men to, like, as you said, I don't want my man to be like, I just quit my job and I'm going to ravish you for like 21 days. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Please ravish <laughs> me for like four hours and like go back to it. Go back to the protector provider role because I want you there because <laughs> I can't do it and I don't want to do it. Right? right. But I found, I want to read this. This is on your website, which I, when I read this, I, I just found it so beautiful. First of all, you have this mm-hmm. quote, let others be safer for I Mm. walk among them. Mm. And this is like, I don't know if it's a stoic quote or whatever, but it's, it's not a direct, like I'm a man and the world is safer because I'm in it, but it has this like graceful, elegant, I don't know if you wrote Mm. it, but I wrote it. Okay. Let others be safer for I walk among them. So it's like Mm. putting others first and letting them be safer because you walk among them. And it's like, a, it's like almost like a masculine, um, I don't know if it's a mantra, but it's, it's just encompasses so much. Like the words are very simple, but there's so much meaning to it. And I'm curious, how do you, what does that mean for you? First of all, just having you read it makes me quite emotional. Uh, it just, it hits or it lands differently, Anna. So thank you for that. Mm. To me, it speaks of the opportunity and the opportunity with a sacred frame without getting into dogma or religion or whatever. It's just what is the the obligation, not the obligation, sorry, let me take that word back. What is the opportunity 
for every man on the damn planet. And what a fucking honor to know that every time I walk into the room, people are going to be safe there. And I'm not talking because I'm an ex-pro fighter, I have a gun in my backpack, or I have a knife, or I'm somehow dangerous, in quotes. It's because I've done my damn work. I've gone to therapy. I figured out what my triggers are. I immediately know that I'm not part of the solution. I'm sorry, I'm not part of the problem. You can get falling down drunk in front of me as a woman and pass out on my couch and you will be safe. I can be in a situation with you and you can say no and you will be safe. Someone can come knock on my door that has ill intent and I have enough physicality because I've trained my body and I've done the masculine things to make sure I can also handle myself that you're going to be safe. That idea, even if it's just man, men saying, hey, if something happens here, I'm going to handle it. I don't care what it is, whether it's a medical emergency, whether it's a physical emergency, I don't care what it is. I'm going to be part of the solution. Now, that, that necessitates two things. Above the board or above water, it means I actually have some skill. I have some kind of skill and I have willingness to take action. Those two things, period. Willingness to take action, more important than skill. How often have we seen absolutely horrible, terrible things happen and someone sitting there holding a cell phone filming it? We've seen atrocious assaults on subways and very public places and a bunch of people are standing around filming it. None of my guys would film it. And I'm not talking about having a hero complex here. It's simply intervening. Now below water, what does that mean? Again, it means I've worked through my triggers. I've wor- I know my, my, the holes in my game. I know my... Um, what am I looking for here? I'm struggling with a word. My blind spots. I know I have blind spots. I've worked through my issues with the feminine. I've done the, tr- the, tr- the therapy around my mother or my father, whom, whomever it is. I've worked through my PTSD. I've worked through the stuff from coming home from the military, if that's the thing. right? So just having the frame gives guys a purpose. I want people to hear this. That came out of when I was in New York just getting hammered by me too, and not me personally, but just seeing like me, don't be a rapist, don't be a rapist, don't be a rapist, don't be a rapist. And how many guys I knew were going like, well, they're not talking to me. I'm not a rapist. Mm -hmm. So they can yell as loud as they want. And I was like, wow, what a missed opportunity to enroll this man into being part of the solution. Being part of the solution isn't simply not being a rapist. Being part of the solution is being active, even if that activeness is just an awareness. That wherever I go, I'm going to be aware of what's happening. Me happening. I'm going to be aware of what's around me. Right. Just taking that frame. I was walking with my partner the other day in a park, and. There was another guy on the path walking towards us, and I cannot tell you what it was, but from 50 yards away, I just had like the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I was like, I just don't like this guy. I'm not going to do anything. All I did was switch positions with her very quietly and very slowly so that he was between, I was between him and her. That was it. I wasn't like, honey, stop. You, Mr. Badman. <laughs> but you know, women. Just- that specific action, sorry to interrupt, that specific action right. of switching, women talk about this all the time. They notice it and they know what's mm-hmm. happening and they, they don't say anything, but we, 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 know, we know. And just that simple act, because women are all like, and he walked on the street and making sure, you know. You're probably aware of this, but I've talked to, oh God, I don't know, I've done almost a thousand discovery calls with women. Um, wow. And on my discovery calls, I asked them the question of, because I do embodiment work and right on the discovery call, I say, I drop them into the body and I ask them, how do you want to feel in a relationship? How do you want to feel with a man? Their number one, their number one word that they say, they say safe. Mm -hmm. And I just find that so beautiful and primal at the same time. It's, Mm -hmm. it's exactly what you talk about. It's, 
And it's so beautiful to hear you talk about because, and you know, I've studied this whole polarity thing down to like sure. evolutionary psychology and stuff and tribes and where this, I'm like, where is this coming from? Why do I need right. to feel safe with it? Right. And so, because I know that most women deep down inside, what we want is to feel safe with men. And I'm not mm. talking about necessarily like feel safe that he's not going to take advantage of me. Mm. And where, of course, that's that's true because we hold that trauma in our bodies. But it's sure. also that surrender. You know, mm. I just want to feel safe emotionally physically it, it's everything it's what you're talking about you know it's yeah. we, we can look at it as like the nuclear family the relationship but it's also the world yeah. and it's just when you talk about this it's it's that awareness yeah that like i know my man is always always you know scanning mm -hmm. scanning and and especially when children are involved like i always picture this it's it's the children, because we've got two little ones, then it's me, and then he's holding us, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just that knowing is, is, is everything, especially after I became a mother. So I want to talk to you about the solution, but I think this is the solution. Like when I read sure. that phrase and then you went on a, you know, you, you described it, uh, that is the solution for men to be aware, be unapologetically male, um, and... Yeah. And that not only obviously heals the world, I know that's your mission there, but it it, it creates harmonious and, and polarized and beautiful, fulfilling relationships when a man yeah. stands strong in, in his masculine like that, that is yeah. so freaking attractive um, to, to, to the woman who, who really appreciates that. So I want to end by reading because i know you're a busy man you're on a mission traver and i totally respect that and we're going to be done in about three minutes i want to read another another paragraph that you wrote which i found you know this the uncivilized man i want to read that mm. and then i'm going to let you say a few words about it if you want sure, if sure, not you sure. can just tell women where they can they can find you I'd here's what you're saying the uncivilized man is unapologetically male dangerous but not a danger makes still his mind, makes savage his body, knows the gifts grow in the garden of his wounds, practices presence and performance, honors the man before him, the women who bore him, and the children who will inherit his earth, has equal and easy access to his head, heart, and balls, <laughs> lives by the rule, there are no rules, but there is responsibility, loves fiercely, openly, and without reservation. No strength without love is tyranny. Knows love without strength is victimhood. Lives an unapologetic life of passion and purpose. I just got goosebumps while reading that. Mm. Like that is, is just so beautiful. <clears throat> like every phrase is so calculated and it brings out the, the qualities, those qualities mm. that are so inherently male because a woman, I, mm. I do not resonate with this, but I'm attracted to this. I'm like, ooh, sure. that's not for me. I'm completely opposite. But right. I feel that pull towards it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if I, I would love to share, Anna, that uh, I was at a workshop with a teacher of mine, this woman who's been in my life for a number of years and is extraordinarily influential in what I do and how I do it. It was my... TEDx coach, Kimberly Weil. And she said, every business needs an ethos. Mm -hmm. And I went, okay, I don't need one. Um, like I'm busy and we're at this workshop. And she said, so here's what I'm going to give you guys. I'm going to give you 30 minutes and I need you, I want you to go outside and I want you to write 16, 20 things that encompass what you're doing and how you're doing it. And at the time I didn't have a business but I had an idea for a movement. That was really my first iteration was, I don't care if this thing makes money, I just wanna get men changed. And so I went outside and I sat there and I was like, um, this is not my favorite exercise. And then, boom, I dropped in and wrote out 16 to 20 of those. And I sat there for the rest of the time in kind of a daze. And then I scratched off four or five of them that I didn't think fit. Uh, I just got chills telling the story. And she called us back in and there were only five people, six people in the workshop with us. It was very small in a house in Santa Barbara. 
She said, I need you, I want you guys now to read. Everybody's going to read theirs out loud. And we went around the room and people were like, uh, you need to have truth. There needs to be honesty and customers come first and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then I went last and I read those 12. And the place was dead silent. And as often the case, I thought they hate them. <laughs> Everybody thinks mine are the dumbest, right? Uh, and then I had one guy just go, holy shit. And that was it. That was, it was just like, wow, I've never heard anything like that before. And I went, yeah, this is what I think I'm going to build a movement around these 12 ethos tenets. And I don't know where it came from and I don't know how it got on the paper, but that has led to more men changing and myself included because I will revisit that once a week. Every time a men's group of any of in my organization opens, they read that. And then every one of the men goes around and talks about which one is most prevalent in their lives, wow. which one they need or which one they're rubbing up against or which one is, is troublesome or challenging. And so it's really given us a framework. It's given us something to, it's, it gave us, the men, the structure that the masculine provides and that we want to provide. But it gave us something to come back to over and over and over again. It gave us a guiding light. And so that's why I, I love it. Uh, I've got it you know, framed in a poster and sell it framed in a poster. And guys all over the world have it up in their offices and in their homes. Wow. And I say, if you're troubled, there's challenge in your relationship. If there's challenge with your woman, there's challenge at work. If there's challenge with your children, if there's challenge in your heart, go look at the ethos and remind yourself that this is who you are and this is what you do. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you, Trevor, for Thank you. all of the women listening who, number one, just want to listen to you more. Number mm. two, do those baby repetitive steps for their men <laughs> where you know where can they find your work and i'm like mm, i should probably buy a book but i should probably buy your book for my man but i'm no 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 that's gonna be too much i'm gonna do soft and i'm gonna do slow slow work here is needed <laughs> and i'm gonna yeah, use you your can... phrase i miss you i yeah. think that when, when a woman talks about that's what i teach my women talk about your feelings do not Go about talk about how you feel right now. I'm going to take my own advice and your advice, and that's yeah. what I'm going to do. So, thank you, Anna. That sentence melts my heart <laughs> and it melts my ego and it melts all the defenses that I have up about why I need to be working this late and why I need to be focused on this and why, 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 why. And it's just like, boom, oh shit, you miss me. First of all, that means I'm missable. <laughs> second of all it's not about me right now and oh you just want you just want to love me um yeah <sighs> it's such a beautiful sentence thank you hmm. so if people are interested in following my work i'm at instagram or on instagram at traver bohm t-r-a-v-e-r-b-o-e-h-m you can get my book on amazon on audible on kindle or anything that i do is on manuncivilized.com as well and I'm not hard to find. And if anybody took something or whoever took something away from this, I'd love to hear from you. Just shoot me a DM on, on Instagram and I will get back to you. And if you have a man in your life, have him do the same. I love talking to people. I love talking to your guests and all guests and just getting this movement out and getting, getting it in the hands of men because we are so hurting right now for purpose. We, we talk, I know, and you're going to talk and women will say like, we're the men, we're the men, we're the men. I also know that in light of what happened in this country yesterday or two days ago, there is a man who's going to wake up tomorrow and he, he's, he's either going to find my work or he's going to find a gun. Mm. And so I am hell bent on getting this thing out for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. So thank you for having me on and having and uh, helping me spread my message. Thank you, Trevor. It was a pleasure. All right, beautiful woman. 
Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And please, please leave a review. This is super helpful for me, for the podcast. And this is a time to give back, to leave a review, share this episode with your girlfriend who really wants to hear it. You can also find me on Medium and YouTube at Anna Rova, where I share pretty much very similar content and where we change the world one embodied woman at a time. All right, I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for being here with me today.